0: Well, good morning. I just love our worship team. I'm partial, but I just love them, right? You guys are awesome. So uh, my name is Steve Hammes. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a small group leader and an elder here at Shiloh. And we are starting our second week in our series called Stretch Thin. It doesn't have anything to do with your physical appearance. It's all about margin. And so today we're going to be talking about um, a topic near and dear to my heart, which is uh, margin, which most of you would think of was with your time. And um, I wanted to ask you guys a couple questions. How many of you would consider yourself a busy person? A lot of you. How many of you would like to have an extra couple hours in your day? Right? No. (laughs) That's that's being honest. Um, You know we're crazy. We lead a, a lot of us lead a really crazy, busy life. And I can't think of the last time that I've asked somebody, hey, how you doing? And they say, great, got lots of extra time on my hands, don't know what to do with it, you know, doing things that I want to do. Um, our society's kind of made being busy be this badge of honor. It's like if you say, I'm super busy, I'm super exhausted and whatnot. It's some type of a badge of honor. And I want to start today by just bringing our definition of margin that we're using for this series And this is it. It's the amount available beyond what is necessary. So it's the amount that you have left over after you use what's necessary. But there's another definition that's in the dictionary, and I like this one equally as well, so I put it in here. It's a limiting condition capacity beyond or below which something ceases to exist be desirable or be possible. So it's a whole mouthful of words, but I like that one too. So over the years, um, I've had control of my schedule, and I've, I've had margin in my life, and there are times when I have none, so I, have, I don't have the rap on this whole thing today. I'm, I'm, I struggle with it just like everybody else, but I started journaling when I was in elementary school, and I used to write to, in my journal to an imaginary person named Barney Yenrab. Yenrab is just Barney, spelt backwards, that's as creative as I could get at the time, and I would write to this imaginary kid. That's how I started journaling. But as I got older, my journaling became about my life. And if I go back and look at it from my 20s, from my 20s on, this has been a constant theme of how do you balance life? How do you do your Christian life, your work, your social life? How do you keep it all in balance? And I've struggled with it just like a lot of you guys, but I've also lived times when I'm overextended and I'm exhausted, as have you probably. So I want to do something. I want to, we'll do a little test today. How many of you guys remember Jeff Foxworthies? Jeff Foxworthy's. You might be a redneck, right? So we're going to change redneck to you might be marginless, okay? So for those of you who know how to do it, jump in and you guys, the rest of you, you'll get it. So if you haven't bought a new toothbrush in the past five years because you haven't had time, you just might be marginless. If you can't stay in the same lane on the highway for more than two miles without changing lanes to get ahead, you just might be marginless. If you got a new pet over a year ago and you still don't know its name, you just might be marginless. If you haven't taken the time to watch the sunset in over five years, you just might be marginless. If you can put on all of your makeup while you drive... You just Oh yeah, this is a good one. You just might be marginless. If you can eat a full meal and drive with your knees, you just might be marginless. If you don't know how to actually turn the power off on your cell phone, you just might be marginless. If you calculate what time you need to wake up and build in the time to push the snooze button more than once, you just might be marginless. And finally, if you push the call button on an elevator and then push it again while it's still lit up from the first time, you just might be marginless. You get the idea, right? So we live in a society that pushes us hard, and we're, sometimes we're just drowning to keep up, right? But our society also makes a lot of money off of us when we're maxed out, don't they? you see the getaway vacations, you see the spa treatments, you see that you can order food pretty much prepared for you, delivered to your door, you just got to put a couple of things in, throw it in the meal. At my work, we have a guy that has a button. When he runs out of coffee, he presses the button, and two days later, it's showing up on his door, Through an Alexa will order anything for you, right? Just go into somebody's house that has Alexa and just order something, and just see what shows up, you know, they'll love you for it. But we're so electronically connected today, but it's a world where we're so isolated and so alone, even though we're so connected. How many of you guys have actually sat in silence for 10 minutes or more within the past year? It's hard, right? It can be really hard to just sit in total silence. You see, we're running out of frenetic pace, and a lot of times we're just missing out on what God has for us because we're so busy. So let's take a look at our scripture verse for today. It's Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. It says this, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. You know, sometimes when I read the Bible, the smallest words have the biggest impact on me and the most significance to me. And this one, this one when I read it, it's, so be careful how you live. You know, it takes effort to be careful you have to monitor something when you're trying to be careful with it. And it means that you have to be mindful. So let's talk about margin for a little bit. And I'm, most of you are going to get this. The young ones, I don't know that they even still do this in school. But remember when we were in school and we had a piece of paper and you had the blue lines that went this way? And you had the red lines that went that way, right? Remember that? And when we did our work, we had to write on the blue line and you had to stay between the red lines, right? That was, that was how we learned. And you know, when you look at it, our life is somewhat the same way. We, we have to structure our life to live within these margins. And you have to put on there first the important things on those blue lines. You put the big rocks on first, and then you fill in the gaps. This means that we have to really determine what's going to fit in your margin of life. What are the important things? So I have two questions for you today. If I told you that starting today at 1120, you were going to have two months to live, and on March 20th, you were going to die. What would change in your life? What would need to change in your schedule? What all of a sudden would be important to you, and what wouldn't be important to you? You know, this kind of hit home with uh, my wife Karen and I, and that one of her co-workers died unexpectedly in her sleep last week. She's 49 years old, went to bed one night and died in her sleep at 49 years old, and you say, wow, Didn't see that one coming, you know, and and it's just kind of scary. There's a woman named Bonnie Ware. She's a nurse in Australia. And this woman was a palliative care nurse, so it means that she dealt with people who were dying dying every day. And she did it for years, and she attended to hundreds and hundreds of people that were in their last days of life. And she wrote a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And I just wanted to share it with you today because these are people, hundreds of people who lived the same walk you and I are doing in life, and they got to the end. And these are the top five regrets that kept coming up over and over and over again. The first is, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life that others expected of me. You see, when people realize that their life is almost over and they look back clearly on it, it's easy to see how many dreams went unfulfilled. Most people had not even honored half of their dreams, and they had to die knowing that it was due to choices that they made or that they didn't make. Health brings freedom that very few people realize until you don't have it. Regret number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And this was mainly for men, that they spent so much time in their jobs and their vocations that they missed out on most of the important things in life. Deep regrets. Number three, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Many people suppress their feelings in order to keep peace with other people. And as a result, they settled for mediocrity and never became who they were truly capable of becoming. Many developed illnesses relating to bitterness and resentment. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Many became so caught up in their own lives that they let the golden relationships of their youth go by. Everyone misses their friends when they're dying. And lastly, I wish I'd let myself be happier. Many people didn't realize until the end that happiness is a choice. They had stayed stuck in old patterns and habits, and the so-called comfort of familiarity overflowed into their emotions and their lives. Fear of change had them pretending to themselves and to others that they were happy when actually they weren't, and deep within they longed to laugh properly and have silliness in their life. I think we'd do well to pay attention to what other people ahead of us have said in their last days about their lives. Second question. What would you do differently if God was doing your schedule? What would be different? You know, studies show that with Christians... When they become stressed and maxed out, the first two things that go off of their calendar are time with God and rest. Those are the first two things that go. And one thing we have to realize is almost always, in order to create margin in your life, you have to say no to some things in order to say yes to the best things. So if you don't take anything else away from today, take that. Almost always, in order to create margin in your life, you have to say no to some good things in order to say yes to the best things. So in 2019, this was probably one of the hardest years that I've had in the past 10 years, just that I lived in a stress level of about eight through a combination of lots of things with my job, things here with church, and, and all these things. All these things on my plate, I didn't think that I had the option to say no, even though I did, and turn things down. But I lived in a stress level of about 8 to 10. And you know what the thing was? I became agitated. I became frustrated. And I didn't do any of them as well as the, how I would wanted to have done them. And I just felt trapped. And the reality is when you live under stress for a long enough time, it will show itself somewhere in your life. It's either going to show itself in your health or your relationships. You know, when you find yourself snapping at somebody because they just asked for the salt, something's wrong and something will give. And God gives us everything that we want and need If we'll walk in his will. So going back to that piece of paper. Remember when you would write on it? And maybe you're better than me. But I'd put all these things on. And when I saw that red line coming, I started to squeeze more in. And I started to write smaller and smaller and smaller. And when I got to the red line, I'd curve up a little bit so that I got it all in there. Right? Remember that? And the thing about life is that we try to cram 30 hours worth of stuff into 24 hours. And we try to get everything done. And I am a master at getting stuff done. If I have a list, I'm a list guy, and I love to get a list, and I love to just knock it out, one thing after the other, and, and feel such satisfaction to cross it off the list, right? But if something gets in my way or doesn't go right, then I get frustrated. And I can even be a real jerk, my wife will attest to that, and I really have to watch that. But what was the little thing when you were writing on your piece of paper? When you got to the end of the line and you needed to continue, there was something that let you do it. And you put it at the end of the line. What was it? A hyphen. Remember that? The hyphen. The hyphen was what let you continue on to the next line and continue a thought or, or something. And you know what? Just like life and just like writing, we need to space things out and to put it in there. And when we get to the end, it's okay to give you permission, yourself permission to not finish something or to space your life out so that you have margin to go to the next day. So I stole something from Nike. I think we're going to make a lot of money as a church. I'll I'll give it back to the church. I stole the logo, and I'm going to adopt this for my 2020 life. And that's just hyphen it. Just hyphen it. When you get to that day, and you've got so much in your day, and you're thinking, I can't get all this done, and you sense that you're getting frustrated, hyphen it. So what? Move it to the next day. Move it to the next month. Put the important things in. But in your day, when we stress, structure our day, we've got to build that in. We've got to build those spots in. A lot of times we think that when we try to have balance in life, it's like a scale. You have to have the scale just like this all the time. In reality, it's really not like that. What we need to do is to, to structure our life that we build those times in so that we have margin in our life. Because sometimes, you know what, you go through a season of life and it ends, ends up in both ends. You get a new job. You have sick parents. You know, sometimes it's the kids, right? They just take it from you, whether you like it or not, and the margin just seems to go away. But if we build those pieces in, it's not a disaster when we have to burn the candle at both ends of the stick, is it? And you have to do some things for yourself. I tell you, moms, it's not your job to make everybody in your house happy. It's not your job to make them all happy. You have to take care of yourself, and you have to build margin in for yourself. And parents, don't get mad at me. But your kids are never going to grow up and say, Mom and Dad, thank you so much for keeping me so stressed out all through high school that I didn't have time to breathe and I didn't have time to develop relationships. They won't thank you for that. What they'll thank you for is if you say no to some of the good things so that you can help them say yes to the best things. Help them to know what it's like to have margin in their life, to be able to spend time with God, be able to pray, to be able to hear from God, develop long-term relationships. They'll thank you for that. You know, our kids didn't get everything that they wanted. We said no to lots of good things so that we could say yes to the best things of family time. We ate together. We didn't allow the cell phones at the dinner table. We had family time. It was important, and they get that, you know? Remember when you wrote and you ended at the red line? What were the two margins on the ends used for? That's where your teacher wrote feedback. That's where they said what you did right, what you did wrong. You know, if we leave God margin in our lives... That's when God can give us feedback. That's where he's going to write and tell you, hey, here's some direction for your life. Here's what you could do better. How about this? If we don't leave him any margin, we go end-to-end all the time. There's no room for God to give you any feedback. Psalm 46.10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. And we don't do that anymore. Society has sculpted us so that we're busy all the time, and we don't know what it's like to just stop and be still. You know, I didn't have margin last year, but I do now through some changes I've made, through some other changes. And it's really hard not to fill it all back up. When you have it, it's, it's to fight the urge to, I don't know what to do with myself. It's, what do you do with this extra time that you have? And I decided this year I wanted to be really available to God for divine appointments. You know, God, who are you putting in my life? So last weekend, I was coming back um, home, and I decided to stop at Five Guys Burgers and Fries. And I would normally bring my phone in while I'm waiting for my order. I'd read the news or something, check email, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to put the phone in the car. I left it in the car and went into five guys, and I'm like on the prowl for who God wants me to talk to. And I order my food, and I sit down next to this guy, and he's on his phone. And I said, what's your, what's your coat stand for? And he says, it's Glock. Glock guns. He goes, do you like guns? I said, I have a gun. He goes, you want to see mine? And he pulls out his phone and he starts showing me all these guns that he has, one that he bought for his daughter, one that he had engraved, one that he had in an extra clip, how many he carries. And it's like, okay, okay, okay. This wasn't a God divine appointment, but you know I was available. And I think that's the thing, just to make yourself available for God to move in your life. If you have margin in there, then he can take you to those places that he wants you to have. So Romans 12 says this, says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So how are you renewing your mind? How are you doing that? I have a challenge for you. I have a challenge for you this week, if you will. Take a night and just turn off the phone, turn off the TV, and just spend some time reflecting on your life. And maybe ask yourself these questions. Are you the person that you want to be? And are you becoming the person that you want to be? Are you ignoring someone or something that you should be paying attention to because you're too busy? Are you just letting life happen to you? Or are you making a difference with your life? And who's in the driver's seat of your life? You or God? Now, maybe you want to have coffee with somebody that you know really well, that can speak into your life and can tell you what they see. Ask them, what do you see? So I'll read out of of, uh, Exodus 18 for you, because this is a father-in-law's perspective. It says, The next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses answered him, he said, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. And I love this. This is the father-in-law going, What you are doing is not good. (laughs) You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you, and you cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to Him. Teach them His decrees and instructions, and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you, the simple cases they can decide for themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. So like I told you, I don't have the rap on this whole thing of how to have margin, but I have some practical steps. Some have worked for me and maybe you want to take them. So the first thing I think about margin is that you... You realize you have to fight for it. Margin just doesn't happen in your life. You have to fight for it because our society won't let you have it unless you fight for it. So fight for it and guard it. Number two, be in the word. You know, Greg has been stressing this, being in the Bible. Be in the word. That's truly, that's your soul food. It's where God speaks to you. It's what you carry around during the day. It's where we get our power. You know, the songs, God's a miracle maker, way maker. And He can do it if we have that in our lives. If we have the Word of God in our lives, He uses that in our lives during the day. So be in the Word. You know, if you're not a morning person, you say, you know what, I hear you guys talking about getting up early, doing devotionals. If you're not a morning person, do it at night. There's a period of time when mornings were just crazy for me, and I didn't want to get up any earlier. So when I went to bed, I did my devotional. I read some of the Word. And you know, what the thing is, my problems of the day just went away. And the last thing that I read before I went to bed was God's Word. My mind chewed on it while I slept. And when I woke up, it's in there. Just a different way to look at it, you know? Journal. By writing down your goals, by writing down the things that are truly important, should be important, by writing them down, you can see them, you can prioritize them. And when you can prioritize something, it's easier to work with it in your schedule because you know it has to fit into the schedule. You know, when I do this, I have four categories of my life that I pay attention to. I'm a Christian. I'm a husband, I'm a father, and I'm a friend. And I will write my priorities for each of those categories, what's, what's going on. And sometimes I'll realize, you know what, I'm, I'm slacking on that one, and God will help me. I'll say, you know, put that into the schedule. Make that be a priority in your life. You know, set an alarm in your phone to take five minutes and just recalibrate your day. For years, I've had two alarms in my phone that go off, one at 10 o'clock, one at 2 o'clock. And it'll go off, and i just go, you know what? Sometimes I can't right then and there, but otherwise I'll step back. And I'll just breathe. And I go, you know what? Let me look at my day. How am I doing? And there's times that it's like, wow, I need to go back to that person and say, sorry, I was short with you. You know, I was whatever reason. Sometimes I'm working on something. And it's like, you know what, God? I totally forgot. I should have invited you into this problem or into this situation. And it's a time to just step back and go, you know what? Recalibrate. Press the recalibrate button during the day and build those two times in during the day. You know, put some things in your calendar. Watch a sunset. Take a walk with your wife or your kids. You know, sit in silence for 10 minutes. Just challenge yourself to do that and just listen. God, what are you going to say to me if it's perfectly quiet? Set a night that you actually turn your phone off for a period of time and just sit in silence. Make a list of all the things that you're involved in. Do this with your spouse. And Andy Stanley has this great barometer that he uses, and I, I think it's great. He asks the question, In light of, is it wise? So he and his wife will look at their schedule and he'll say, in light of the fact that we got three young kids and I'm only home three nights a week, is it wise that I join a golf league? In light of the fact that we're trying to get out of debt so we have extra money, we're not burning the candle and trying to scrape by, in light of that, is it wise that we're going out to eat twice a week, three times a week? It's a great way to check The things that you have currently on your schedule, the things that you currently deem important to see, is it really wise? Because you do have to say no to some good things in order to say yes for the best. And the truth is, why we want that time is because we want to be available for God, right? What do you need to say no to so you can say yes? So lastly, I want to do something different. I want to make a little margin right here in our service. And I'm going to play a song. And I'd just like you to do some business with God. Just, you know... If you're there and you have a counter, or you have margin in your lives, fantastic. You know, pray for those that don't. But if you don't, it's a new year. Sometimes new years are great times to draw a line in the sand and say, you know what, I'm tired of going around the mountain doing the same thing over and over again. I know I don't want to climb my life, climb the ladder, get all the way to the top, and realize I put my ladder on the wrong wall. And I know that you don't either. So this isn't a dress rehearsal. We have one shot at life. It's not a dress rehearsal for the next round. This is it. We don't want to get to the end, guys, and go, you know what, God, I wasn't available for you. I missed it. I missed it. So I'm going to play the song and just do some business with God. The altar's open if you want to come pray. You want to sit in your seat and pray and just talk to God, see what He has to say to you. So let's play that song.
1: Be still, O oh, restless soul of mine. Bow before the Prince of Peace. Let the noise and clamor cease. Be still and know that He is God. Be still. Yeah. Hey. still and no Go oh, ahead.
0: Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here today. Lord, I pray that you would give them a peace, that you would give them a calmness in their souls, and their minds, Lord. I pray that we would see the importance of being available for you, God. I pray that you would equip them, help them to go into the world and be an example of a calm and peaceful life in the midst of trials and tribulations, Lord. What it's like to have you inside our life and peace abounding, Lord. I pray for them that as they go out this week that you would just speak to their hearts. Help them to realize what's important. Help them to recognize when there's a divine appointment sitting right in front of them that we don't miss it, Lord. That we can be silent enough in our souls to hear you, Lord. I pray for them that this week is a week of victory in your power, Lord. And in your holy name we pray. Amen. So if you'd like prayer, I'd love to pray with you. Come up to the altar. And um, otherwise, I have a fantastic day.